Hello, how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about science and tech and any kind of science and tech news and stuff we want to talk about. I am historian Matt, and I've got just a couple of stories to go over. Uh, the first one is in the AI art story that we've been, you know, following for a while, but this one is researchers attempt to poison AI art generators. And that's an interesting way they're doing it for people who are making art. And then the second one is, uh, let's check in with Sam Bakeman Freed. I'm sure nothing horrible is happening to him right now. <laughs> How about you in the, I think it's the tinfoil hat. Yeah, it is. Um, so I got two stories this week. And by the way, I'm Dave. I'm the producer of this and all the shows here on Echoplex Media. Uh, the first one is about Twitter slash X and uh, monetization as it relates to misinformation. And the second one is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act turns 25. Wow. Go ahead, Matt. All right. So as I said, uh, researchers attempt to po poison AI art generators. So what am I talking about? A team of researchers at the Chicago uh, University of Chicago released a research paper outlining a data poisoning technique aimed at AI art generators. They're calling the technique nightshade. So as in like deadly nightshade, I, I assume. The goal is to help protect visual arts from artists from unauthorized material use in AI generators. And the technique now released as an open source project alters images in ways undetectable to the human eye, but can corrupt AI training, the AI training process. Uh, so a quote from the University of Chicago professor Ben Zhao said, Nightshade's purpose is not to break models, it's to disincentivize unauthorized data training and encourage legit licensed content for training. For models that obey opt-outs and do not scrape, there's minimal to no, it's a zero impact. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Did you show, like, you showed the article, right? Right. I like the, um, uh, the robot with the poison image. Yeah. If you scrolled down, there was actually like a little chart that showed like, okay, unpoisoned, uh, image. This is like the results I got. Yeah. That, that one. And then the second one is like poisoned image. It looks pretty normal. But you look over to like the results from the AI generated uh, images and it's like some of them are like, OK, but not quite right. And then but like the dragon one is like completely different. Yeah, the dragon one looks like a bunch of e-pills or uh, pe pebbles yeah. or something. <laughs> like, poison dragons anyways. Yeah, um, this is actually kind of cool, but this is, I think what what will end up here was a bit of a bit of an arms race, right? Where, okay, yeah. great. Now this stuff is in there to poison the model. All right. Well, maybe they'll just set the model up to know when something's in there to poison the model and ignore whatever it is poisoning the model. Like, yeah. Well, they said that, uh, you can't really detect with human eye, So you can't have somebody a human, like look at these images and tell that they've been altered in, in, in that way. Uh, it would be really hard to detect what, images are actually like poisoned in this way, except like when you started getting results. Um, so I, I don't know like how, how it's going to work. I don't entirely know how it works besides what they say that it just like, it, if you look at closely at the image when, you know, can't really have it up right now, but, um, that, that poison image, you can see that there's like just a little bit of noise in the image. 
And that's about the only thing that I could tell. Although the two images were not the same. So you couldn't really like compare and see what, what the differences were. It might've been in the original image. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, how it's going to work. Well, I mean, I guess this is a good idea. If the, if the original artist knows about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's yes, the original artist probably needs to be the one that puts that in their image. Yeah. The other issue is like all the AI model models that have already been trained on images that they've stolen. Like you can't really poison them now, right? It's only going to be on new images that people have the wherewithal to actually add this uh, technique to their, their images. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess this is an okay idea. Like if it's just one more thing that makes it more difficult to rip people off, I suppose it's okay. Yeah. I just, I just wonder, I just wonder how like the, okay. So they discovered this, right? They figured out that they can do this. Now I wonder the next step is how is somebody going to abuse this? Yeah, true. <laughs> like there, who knows there must, but if they're th abusing the people who are scraping images uh, for free and using them for, commercial AI generators. I don't really care that much. Yeah. I just wonder like there, there's gotta be some other nefarious use for this. Maybe we'll uh, find out about it another day. <laughs> yeah. So keep let's an eye on this topic. Let's check in with this uh, fraudulent Sam B Bankman freed guy. Yeah. So what's happening with Sam Bankman freed? <laughs> uh, as you know, Sam Bankman freed was the, uh, own, uh, I don't know, I guess CEO of FTX. I, I don't, Know exactly what his title was but you know he was ftx failed and now he's on trial for misappropriating funds from ftx so uh he actually took the stand recently and in, in the trial and how do you think that went before i actually go over <laughs> do you think that was a good thing or a bad thing or oh i bet uh, it went terribly because this guy has delusions of grandeur and thinks he can yeah. save the world and probably went up and told the court that he's saving the world Something like that. Uh, so what actually happened? Uh, well, first of all, just in general, SBF was not allowed to explain to the jury how he relied on his lawyer's advice. So he's trying to claim that lawyer, he basically just followed what the lawyers said and took money as, as allowed that way. Kind of iffy on, uh, on that, but uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, he basically wasn't allowed to at least directly make that claim. Uh, he also claimed that he had no, no knowledge of Alameda research, which was this other company that basically had all the funds from FTX is very like crazy setup they had going, but it basically Alameda research had all the funds that were supposed to be in FTX and they were just like gambling it in the crypto markets. And of course that totally failed and caused the whole thing to collapse to begin with. Um, unfortunately the, uh, um, the person who run, I, th I think she was the CEO of Alameda research was saying very different things. So I don't think that's going to work, but it gets even worse because on multiple occasions, the, the judge asked F SBF to stop talking after his long rambling answers began to annoy the judge. <laughs> and later the judge admonished uh, SBF for trying to provide his own definition of market manipulation saying something in effect of uh, the judge said something like, I think we'll use my definition, not yours <laughs> in that case. And then finally, of course, SBF could 
receive a sentence of up to 110 years in jail. And as time goes on and more and more, it looks like he's going to end up with that. Yeah, the the rambling thing is not surprising, really, because it's like, yeah, from what I've heard from, um, like, you know, folks who've spoken about how he uh, manipulated folks, he did it by talking a lot, like a lot. Yeah. And it worked for a very long time for him. And so maybe he thinks he can pull that crap on the court. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he was trying to pull this like, uh, you know weird genius kind of thing and with with crazy hair and then he would just like talk to people uh in this kind of like ramble he's not really a fast talker but he's not particularly slow either um but this yeah rambling talk about going on off onto different tangents and stuff sometimes Uh, we call it we call that grifter speak grifter speak is that what that's what i call it yeah it's grift speak yeah um I don't know. I was kind of surprised uh, uh, as I learned more and more about him. Like he really does seem like he had planned this the whole time. And it was, it was just purely a scam from the beginning, basically. Yeah. The idea that he had no idea about Alameda research is just a lie. Like that's, there's just no way yeah. that like, like, come on. I was going to say he was like intimately involved, but he was <laughs> with the company, but he was, intimately involved with the ceo of the company as well so he really should have a good idea of what was happening there well maybe you know maybe he so his claim is that he doesn't didn't know anything about it where a more believable claim was actually i didn't run that company so i don't know all the details which would be a little bit more believable but he's just like yeah. what what are you talking about i don't know Alameda yeah. research huh? <laughs> Like, yo, they had all your money. What are you talking about? You have to have known right. about them. Oh man. What a, what a mess. This is like, <clears throat> this is just more. And this is just like another example of like somebody who goes in and convinces other people that they're a genius and then people yeah. believe them. And then all of a sudden, oopsie, things aren't really working out the way we thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like surprising how, like who, can convince enough other people that they're a genius like SBF like he was doing some crazy stuff and was able to raise money from uh the venture capitalists and stuff you know by doing crazy stuff including like playing a video game while being in a meeting with these VCs raising money I don't know if you heard about that uh that's funny because incident. I actually I actually had a guest on one of my shows like wanted to come on and I found out they were playing a video game on my show and I just removed them from my show. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm more scrupulous on my live stream than these VCs were, but I think they just yeah. saw they just saw uh, dollar signs and the VCs probably yeah, had some inkling that regular people were going to get hurt throughout all this too, right? They're not, you know, they may they may be evil, but they're not all stupid. And so I think, you know, I think, I think they kind of, they didn't know that they were being screwed over, but I think they probably knew the regular people were being screwed over. And yeah. so yeah. like, oopsie, well, we got screwed over too, which I, again, you know, that's, if there's a silver lining to this, at least some venture capitalists got screwed over. I suppose it's not as good as yeah. the, um, <laughs> not as good as the Theranos where she screwed over Henry Kissinger, but, um, you know, it's true. Yeah. But maybe this guy screwed over Peter Thiel, and I don't know. I don't know. It's an evil off between Peter Thiel and uh, Henry Kissinger would be an interesting, uh, interesting debate. <laughs> right. Well, that 
is crazy, but it's also like to be expected this, this pattern of speech where they kind of, uh, where someone will go off on another, like on a tangent, essentially when they're maybe supposed to be telling you about something important is uh, not a thing that is unfamiliar to me on the other sorts of content that we create around here. It's literally called grifter speak. For a while, we were saying that it was conspiracy theorists, but then we saw people who weren't necessarily conspiracy theorists doing it right. in the context of you know our Wednesday show, because um, you know some of the people aren't necessarily conspiracy theorists, but they are grifters, and they'll because they have to keep talking. You end up you end up saying a bunch of bull crap. Yeah, and yeah, I guess like that's one of the things. That's one of the signs, actually, that we talk about, um, like on stream, like on the live shows, that uh, that you know, you're that you're someone is it, whether they know it or not, they're manipulating you in the audience. Is when that yeah. kind of disorganized speech pattern, not that it happens yeah. just once or whatever, right? Everybody's going to go off topic, or you know, that that's going to happen if you talk for a living. But if it's like sort of part and parcel to their content, especially if it's a little bit longer. That person's a grifter. Whether they're trying to rip you off or not, that's the that's the the, the model. And it seems like it seems like that was this guy's model when he was talking to potential investors. And then he went to court with it. And the, in court, actually, the judge can just be like, "Hey, shut up." Yeah. Well, you're investor. I guess an investor can do it too, but it's a little, yeah. little <laughs> investors less likely to do it than than a than a judge. A judge is the most likely person in the world probably to tell you to shut up if you start wasting their time and the time <laughs> of everyone else involved. So it's not surprising that that happened. And um, I I don't know who his attorneys are, but the, by them even having him like try to testify on his own behalf, I feel like they should be under investigation by the bar association next. <laughs> um well they read the rest of the article that i have linked there in the the show notes like did a very you know general overview and tried to hit the i was going to say that the the high points but really the funny points as much as i could but um they they talked about yeah that's pretty much his only defense is for sbf to take the stand and try and defend himself because there's <laughs> not a whole lot else they can do have, have him like explain what he was doing uh and mostly he's trying to like claim that he didn't know what he was doing and got guidance from lawyers that was not appropriate. Man, though, I mean, the flip side of that is he could go up there and just accidentally admit to additional crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got. He seems to be on the verge of doing so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you're used to just talking and talking and talking, and you were doing a bunch of criming, if you keep talking, you're probably going to end up admitting to a bunch of extra crimes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I. You know, I wasn't at all interested in um, uh, crypto and this whole thing outside of how it like intersected with other stuff I was covering, like how <clears throat> certain kinds of grifters or, you know, other bad actors would be pushing crypto as a way to pay them because maybe Bank of the West decided they didn't like them anymore or PayPal decided yeah. they didn't like them anymore. But other than that, I never like this. I didn't know much about FTX uh, outside of like just very kind of common knowledge about they were like you know, they had Super Bowl commercials. I think they had like a stadium that was FTX stadium. And it was just, it was, it was like sort of like the rise and fall of pets.com except pets.com. They just promised you maybe that they'd bring you some kitty litter and this thing promised it would make you rich. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like the pets.com of Ponzi schemes, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, 
I'm not big on the idea. This is a young guy. I think he's under 30, right? So I'm not really big on the idea yeah. of putting this guy in prison for the rest of his life. I, I, I just don't think that we should, I think that we should reserve that kind of punishment for violence. I know that like people yeah. lost, you know, there, some people may have lost their life savings and I understand that, you know, there should be some comeuppance for that, but I don't know about throwing this guy in jail for the rest of his life. I just don't know if yeah. that's probably bar him from any kind of financial or yeah. crypto related. And he just, work. any kind of, yeah. Make him, make him get a job. Like make him, <laughs> you can only work for Starbucks or something or anything. <laughs> just, you know, he could go if he's, you know, if he's technically inclined, there'd be no reason he couldn't go, you know, I don't know if he's a software engineer. He could do software engineering. You just can't touch the money. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't even let him have access to his own goddamn paycheck. I'd put all his money in a conservatorship. Like, but, <laughs> but that's like, you know, that, and that's like sort of, you know, out of the realm sort of what we like to talk about here. I suppose. I just don't know. I just don't know what good is like putting him in jail for 10 years versus 110 years. I don't know what good the extra hundred years does. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause I feel like for a guy like him who nobody ever told no, putting him in jail for 10 days is probably the end of the world for this guy. He might make him think yeah, twice, yeah. but we'll see how it goes. If he's exposed to up to 110 years, I am, I'm just highly doubtful that, that, that this, that he'll get it. That's just yeah. too much time, but we'll see. We'll see. And we'll keep an eye on uh, Sam Bankman Freed. Yep. A couple good podcasts out there uh, about this, about this guy. Um, I think there was one by uh, the New York Times that's really good that uh, interviewed one of the gals that worked for him and uh, got out before things got too crazy. And she had some stories. Yeah. And I believe I everything she said. So, uh, and, and for anybody out there, don't work for somebody who also expects you to join a polycule. All right. Yeah. <laughs> join a polycule if you want and have a job if you want, but don't, uh, don't join, don't have the job at the polycule. Probably, yes. probably some weird shit going on there. <laughs> Anyway, I guess it's my turn now. Um, up first, we got this one. Uh, this is this is probably my favorite story of the week. Um, Elron, Elron, the not the Hubbard one, the other one, uh, claims that a post with misinformation will not be eligible for uh, monetization on um, the X, formerly known as Twitter. And uh, my notes here just say uh, one of them just says, uh, "Okay, sure, whatever." The next one says the idea is to maximize the incentive for accuracy over sensationalism. And then my next note was like, okay, sure. So <laughs> I know you're not a Twitter user, Matt. You I don't may... use it much now. So I, I just found this about as easy to believe as probably whatever Sam Bankman Freed was saying up on the stand during his trial. Right. <laughs> Sam Bigman free may be more credible <laughs> uh, possibly, or at least like less, like less obviously lying. I, I don't. Yeah. Well, didn't he fire all the people who were trying to moderate the speech on, on, on Twitter? Um, not all Anyways, of them. Not all of them. <laughs> Only the ones that didn't have an H one B visa. Uh, those that I think that a lot of those people got to stay, but um, also uh, we yeah. covered it like late night. I think we covered it after the intellectual dollar tree one night the um this new ceo whose name escapes me now was uh yeah. at the recode uh event and uh she said well we just hired two people actually in trust and safety so they have at least two. Oh, okay good <laughs> they hired them that day apparently <laughs> yeah. i there's no incentive for this platform to curb misinformation at least not at this point because they've yeah it's worth like 
some of the estimates are that it lost 60% of its value, that it lost over 60% of its ad revenue. And pretty much all that's left on there is for, as far as um, people who are really in love with the platform or people who are paying for that, uh, the blue check mark and uh, spreading misinformation actually, so far as I can tell. Yeah. I mean, I'm on there, but that's because I have to be. And because honestly, it's like really fun to dunk on people on there now. It's like <laughs> just the dumbest MFs in the world rise to the top of the comments on things because they paid that guy money. And so now, yeah. now like the, um, it's like, it's not even like shooting fish in a barrel on there. If you want to dunk on people now, it's just like shooting into a pile of fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to do anything. I think that, that. I'm thinking that maybe by this time next year, I'm not even going to be on there because I'm unwilling to pay or attach my bank account to it. Yeah. I think, so I don't think that this stuff matters. I think he just said it. He probably just flippantly said it. He's like, Oh, you know, and in his little Elon voice is like, Oh, the, what does he say here again? The idea is to maximize the incentive for accuracy over sensationalism. What he wants to do is get rid of all them pictures of him with Ghislaine Maxwell on that website. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Probably what he did, what he wants. I mean, I guess we'll keep an eye on this, but I don't know. I just get most of my misinformation from Twitter that I use for my shows about misinformation. So I'm yeah. not, if they actually, if he did this, I'd be kind of pissed off. I'd have to go look for misinformation on telegram again. And that place say what you want about Twitter. Telegram is scarier than Twitter. Really? Oh yeah. Telegram is I a mean, terrorist training camp. Really? I mean, I use telegram, but not for like Twitter, like things just to direct message people. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good service for that, I suppose, but you start joining groups. I mean, Jacob wall has a yeah. group on there. I think people keep like inviting me to groups and I'm always like, no, no, because <laughs> well, it's always a crypto group and it's obviously a scam every time. <laughs> You're like, do not invite me to anything on here. Yeah. You're like, I just want to message people. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, it might eventually be in his interest to kind of fix everything, but I just, I just think he's out of time. <laughs> like if he wanted to do that, he's yeah. out of time now. Things are, things are real bad. Like, um, like the New York times no longer has the, like the, the gold or silver check Mark because he got mad at them. <laughs> of course he did. I don't know if they were paying the thousand bucks and he refunded them. It would be just like him not to refund him and actually just keep billing them for it and not give them the gold check mark. It's, it's an, it's an absolute mess over there and it's just going to get worse. Him like he goes out and says stuff like this all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see if he actually does anything about it, but I, I don't think this is, I don't think this is going to work in any way. Yeah. And I, you know, I do feel bad for there's people who built their brand on there and now they're having yeah. to find other places to try to rebuild their following. I feel bad for those people. And I particularly feel bad for, uh, like sex workers. Cause Twitter's one of the only websites where they were actually sex workers were actually allowed to like openly be sex workers and talk oh, about yeah. what yeah. they do and you know, have information about their services available to the extent that, that that was publicly available. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, well, now they're all on OnlyFans. Well, that's but OnlyFans. You have different. to like the normies were at Twitter, so it allowed some crossover and it allowed like normies. That's true. <laughs> there's a way in which there's a way in which normies could interact with a sex worker, and maybe they had some you know 
unfounded biases against people who do that kind of work and they interact with a sex worker who's funny or interesting or has other cool stuff on there and they're like oh maybe you know maybe it starts to plant a seed and change their mind about like people who you know do sex for work now those people are like they have you know in some ways they kind of have to pay for the verification mostly to not get kicked off now because elon could just decide that he wants to run a puritan website unless you paid him I mean, anything's possible. You go go straight cottage core on the website for all we know. <laughs> but because Elon is so pure, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, he did try to buy that one one lady a horse. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah. digress. Up next, we got um. Well, we both digress, which is fine actually. Up next, we got uh, the DMCA turns twenty five, and I am not planning on throwing a birthday party for the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Let me tell you. The Digital Millennium Copyright Act was signed in 1998 by President Bill Clinton. It was based on World Intellectual Property Organization treaties uh, that were from about 1996. It hasn't always been great. It's actually kind of often been. What are you talking about? It's actually <laughs> often been maliciously used to stifle speech or competition. And this article here from the register says that it's actually time for like an update or some sort of modifications to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Which I totally agree with, but I don't think the U.S. government has any chance of doing that. <laughs> Sorry to talk over you, but it's like, uh, um, it has never been good. Everything bad that people said would happen when the DMCA was you know, signed into law, like all of that has happened. Yeah. And there's, I, th- I think there's been some minor changes, but it's still just as bad as ever. It's it's been real bad for uh, actually for the the concept of fair use. Yes. Because what happens is if like, for example, and luckily enough, like there's no incentive say for a public intellectual to file a copyright claim. If I am running some content, criticizing them, right? Because actually that's, they, there's a way in which that can in fact promote them. Um, if the person doesn't like me, maybe they'll go like the public intellectual just because they don't like me, which I mean, everybody likes me, but this is just a hypothetical. Um, but for people who are, you know, criticizing, maybe, maybe if you're criticizing, a, a major movie studio and you use a little bit of their movie and they don't like what you're saying, they can file a DMCA claim on you. Yeah. Or, or you're just like reviewing their movie. Right. And they don't like something that you said in it. Right. Even or if even if they just probably didn't even see it, they could take it down. Right. Or it, you might the, you might not have even used a single frame of that movie, but YouTube is probably like, I gotta do what these people say because of this digital millennium copyright act. Right. Or no, you use literally a single frame and then that that uh content ID scanner finds it, you know. Uh so nobody ever sees it, but you get taken down. Or another example is um it took a while. Um, it was like at least two years that we were getting copyright claims from using the music of the Ruffies. Yeah. And eventually uh, they had, they have a lawyer on retainer and the lawyer took care of it. Oh, good. <laughs> um, you know, we were having the same problem with music by the band NVS and uh, the lead singer of NVS just went through every distribution company he has unchecked the thing like monetize content on my behalf if other people use it. And if that thing wasn't there, he contacted them. And then 
I, I guess if they said, oh, there's nothing we can do, we're just going to copyright claim this. He said, well, there's something I can do about this. I would like you to remove all of my music from your service because I would actually yeah. like people to be able to use my punk rock music on their on their videos because I don't make any money on it. And it's great if people use my punk rock on their videos. But like, like small artists don't want to do that, right? They don't have the time for that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, if, if we're friendly with, uh, you know, bands, they should, there should be a very easy way for them to just go into YouTube and be like, no, actually, yes, I'm the copyright holder. Here's the proof. This channel can use my music. Right. Do not listen to CD baby. They're not the copyright holder, but <laughs> yeah. because the way DMC DMCA works in that case, CD baby, not even the copyright holder is the, I'm not trying to use a, a, a they're, they're the big dog in that one. Yeah. Because they are, they have so much music, even though maybe the artists that are on that service don't want the copyright used in that way. So we're seeing all kinds of, you know, like just downstream effects that like it hurts like small creators ability to network with, with small or like independent musicians because the independent yeah. musician doesn't can't keep track of everybody they have distributing their stuff. And now the distribution service goes after the creator, even after the musician gave them permission and now maybe the creator gets mad at the musician if they don't understand what's going on and now it just just messes everything up because you know it just it just stifles creativity in so many ways and uh, before you would before the tmca you would have to actually prove that somebody stole your stuff yep yeah i don't know and then like what's interesting is the stuff we're talking about AI where it just sort of like, well, I don't know, or I don't know, you can't really see what we're doing here. So how do you even know if we're violating the Digital Millennium Copyright Act? It's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 also messed up. They definitely need to rework it. They definitely need to there definitely needs to be more protection for fair use. And there also needs to just be language in it. I I would have no idea how to, you know, word this where the person who owns the copyright should be able to just give you permission to use their stuff and that that right. should have yeah. to be honored by, yeah. by anybody where there's a takedown. And I, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that could be like some kind of like, you know, uh, well, I guess you probably have to work like a public private key or something like that to like prove it. But there, nobody wants to do that because there's no money in that. No. In fact, there's the opposite of money in it. Right. You have to actually do work for something that yeah. you can't, you can't get paid for in that case. Right. Oh, yeah. What a mess. What a mess. Well, um, not, no happy so, birthday to you for the digital millennium copyright act. <laughs> Quickly. Do you think anybody's going to actually reform it? Like, do you no. think that's going to actually happen? Uh, not right now. I don't see any like push to do it right now. I mean, there's a lot of complaints about it. Uh, but not, I don't think anything's happening about with it. Not right now. There's a, there's a few other things that, um, that need, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a few things in this realm that need some work and I don't see anything happening on it, uh, right now. I, like, I feel like the, uh, the, whatever the communications decency act that includes, um, that includes the, what's the safe Harbor and, um, oh God, I, I, I'm, I'm forgetting it now. <laughs> section 230 that also needs to like be revisited probably just strengthened actually um but that's not going to happen either either even though like the both the the problems with the, the problems with copyright and 
but copyright more broadly, but the DMCA more specifically and the problems with just section 230, maybe things needing to be made more specific for the modern age. These are not like things that it, where it's like one political party is for it and one is against it. It's the, yeah. the, 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 um, the problems about that are like more structural and like more a matter that more a matter of the people who might write the legislation don't know what they're talking about. And so there may be ways in which if they did try to fix the, the DMCA, we'd read it and go, "Uh Oh, we didn't mean this. <laughs> and then everybody would yeah. get, you know, everybody then, then they wouldn't do it because people would get up in arms about the new changes. So that's one of the reasons I don't see it. And, and, and two, like, not to talk too much about this, but if one party brings it up, the other party's just going to fucking oppose it. Like, yeah, true. Well, that may, that, that car may only be going in one direction actually, but we, we'd have to see, we'll have to see. Yeah. Anyway, um, whatever the opposite of happy birthday is to the digital millennium copyright <laughs> act. I have had many annoyances with it though. I've never had any takedowns because in the end I've been able to prove that I do have, um, permission to use the stuff that I use, right. but, <clears throat> that's because I keep a paper trail. Anyway, I guess that's the show. I suppose it's probably my turn to uh, read the show out. So I'll go ahead and do that. Everybody, this has been How the Tech Are You? This is our tech show. You can check out our other shows at echoplexmedia.com. Uh, there you can also find other great stuff. It's our website. You'll probably see it down here. And um, <laughs> you can buy merch and memberships at uh, eplex.store. You can buy a hat like the one I'm wearing or the shirt like the one I'm wearing that you can't see, but it has a cat on it. It's a cat day shirt. And um, I guess if you have to, patreon.com slash echoplex. You can give us money there and, um, I don't know, we'll spend it on things. Have a great tech week. <laughs>